Welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Yay. And this is, <laughs> she made it. This is Beth from my closet in North Carolina. I was yaying that we're back. Like, I mean, oh, I know we've already had one episode, true. but this is the first time that we're recording in 2021. Yes. This week's or this last week's, before, well before that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought so. you were yaying because you made it through the intro (laughs) i know yeah it was kind of like twofold there (laughs) i remembered our intro after almost a month and we're in 2021 yay well i mean you know (laughs) yeah yeah exactly ish (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) things went down that today on the day that we are recording and you all probably are gonna know what we're mentioning but we're not mentioning it but things went down (laughs) so but anyways how how have you been? How I'm great. I'm doing fantastic, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always good to start a new year. I mean, even if things don't magically change, at least mm-hmm. we, I don't know, are in a new year and can <laughs> write different things on our paperwork. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> When we remember, when we finally remember to write 2021. <laughs> yes, exactly. For my my seven-year-old told me she had to correct her teacher today. Oh. Said, today is <laughs> whatever in January 2020. So, of course, my daughter was like, um, excuse me, <laughs> no. It's not. Keep up, please, <laughs> teacher. Keep up. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, um, as I just mentioned to you just before we started actually recording, I just was like thinking about all the people that are probably starting the year off, like doing dry January and stuff like that, Yeah, which I commend everybody that does that. And I did a, well, I think I did a month of no wine back in August, was it? Or no, that was my see how much money I drink in wine. And then September I did. <laughs> no wine. Okay. And anyway, it's hard. It's hard. And I'm like, not saying that I'm total alcoholic, but I like to have my glass of wine. It's like my it's relaxation in the evening. Yeah. And anyway, so I was like, there's no way in heck I'm going to do a dry January. Cause it's just, I don't want to do that. So I'll just, you know, I'll stick to the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like we're good. And then somebody reminded me that The Bachelor started on January 4th, which is a Monday. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I have to have wine when I'm watching The Bachelor. Like literally, <laughs> like Pavlov's dog my see The Bachelor come up on the screen and my mouth waters <laughs> for wine. So basically it's gotten knocked down to I'm not having any wine Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. <laughs> so I'm having what tea. Are you, gonna call? you have to name it. You have to call that something. I, well, what can you call that? Because you can't call it dry January. You have to call it like, it's I like, don't know. What's your it's spin? three days. So it's like, it's three, like technically a dry weekend, but it's three just day, not during the weekend. Three day week <laughs> drought. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, but I can't quite do it 100%. So here's my 40%. <laughs> Given it. Given it my all people. That's a lot. That's a lot to hashtag, but like you could do it. I feel like. And then I, and then, and then, which probably isn't very good. 
January. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's going to happen. It's going to come to Thursday at some point. Hopefully it's not this week because this is the freaking first week. But at some point it's going to come to Thursday. I'll be like, well, but Thursday, it's nice to have like a drink on Thursday too. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be just like Tuesday. Tuesday at 930 in the morning. And I mean, I'm not doing anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting in my living room watching my pool guy cut through the dirt in those (laughs) grounds. So maybe I'll just have a drink while I do that. I mean, you know, fine. I support it. It's okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's how 2021's potentially starting for me. (laughs) I think it's fine. I think we can work with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It'll help. It'll it'll also help with the weight loss that I need to do after the week on vacation. I'm I'm on that train too, girl. Holy moly. My my, uh, pre- Pre Christmas jeans, <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't fit like they used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things need to things need to change, <laughs> as they probably always do come January. But I don't like to say it's a resolution. I just like an to intention. say it's what I do. That's what it's I call a what? Them an, an intention. You have to set oh, intention. Yeah. Like I intend to not drink on three days a week or whatever. <laughs> I intend to fit in my regular jeans. No, that's a good actually. Before good, the end of the year. Because if you don't do it, it's like, well, I, I intended to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you know, resolving to do something is like, I am resolved. You know, it just seems more of a commitment. And I'm not really like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. So I like your word. Because I was always just thought of it as, well, we just came off of two weeks of crazy eating. So I'm just getting back to normal and it'll naturally come off. So it wasn't ever like, I need, I need to lose weight, but it's going to naturally come off because I'm not going to eat like that for the rest of my life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We've had fun, but no. Yeah. So anyway. Do you intend to do a crime today? I do intend and I'm going to follow through. So good. Well, you can resolve then. (laughs) I'll, I'll resolve to tell you. My New Year's resolution is to tell you at least one crime story this year. Boom. Look at you goals. (laughs) So anyway, okay. So here we go. I'm going to get into it. And I did want to start by explaining how this episode kind of evolved for me because it was a little bit of a different process than I'm used to. So anyway, not that everyone wants to know how we come up with all of the stories, but I felt like this one kind of deserved or needed an explanation. So anyway, um, I started looking into crimes that happened in Alabama because my family and I just went there and I thought, oh, well, I'm in Alabama. Let's see if there's something crazy that happened here that we can look into. But that quickly got me onto a website called True Crime Daily, which is also a podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes. But mm-hmm. yeah. I've heard. Of I it. don't. Yeah, I don't listen to it, but I've heard of it. Anyway, they have a website, and I was just scrolling through, and they had them kind of like hashtagged Alabama, so I was scrolling through like their Alabama crimes, and nothing really was piquing my interest until I got past Alabama, and then I was like into other stories, just random other ones on there, and one caught my eye. It was a missing African-American girl from Chicago named Kiera Coles. So I started Googling her and started reading, and I wasn't really sure what it was about, the case that caught my eye, but 
I just wanted to do it. So how the information out there was scarce. So that's why I was like, I don't really know why I want to do this, but for some reason I want to try and figure this one out on how I can make this on an episode. There were tons of news articles, but you know how it is. Sometimes they just give you the same information over and over again. You're just reading it in a different newspaper and it doesn't really help you. And there's also not a whole lot of background information on her because Wikipedia is usually my like go-to for, you know, when were they born? Where were they born? What were their parents' names? Siblings, you know, it's kind of usually good, but some cases and people don't quite have a Wikipedia page yet. And I guess she hasn't qualified for one yet Mm. or nobody's made one. So I then found another site that linked this woman with another woman that had just vanished in a similar way. And there were other similarities to their cases too. So then I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just do a couple of similar cases in one episode. And my Google searches also brought me to a Facebook page called Find Kiera Coles, which when I started scrolling was really more just filled with posts of lots of missing people like some of those um, pages are when they start sharing them and they're just kind of out there to help. So it probably started out as a page specifically for her, but then it evolved into this <clears throat> just posting about any many missing people. So I reached out to the admin to see if I could get questions that I had answered, and she quickly got back to me and offered to dive into all of her research to give me a timeline that she had come up with as she researched it, but she kind of she told me it would take her a couple of days to get through that. And I only reached out to her yesterday. So I didn't really give her a whole lot of notice, a whole lot of time. And that was probably epic fail on my part. But honestly, we haven't been doing this too terribly long. And I've not had much success with people actually getting back to us. So I wasn't, you know, like we've had random people that we've talked to from cases, but I don't always hear back. And so I didn't, I didn't, wasn't holding out any hope. So when she answered, I was shocked. So maybe I could have waited to like do this case later on after talking with her. But anyway, I decided to just keep going on my own. But she did provide me with some information, which was helpful, including the name of another missing woman who had just vanished and suggested that maybe I do more than one missing person, specifically African-American, which this idea was already floating around in my mind. So her saying, suggesting it kind of solidified like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell Kiera's story. Because for whatever reason, it caught my eye, and then I'll delve into another one. Cool. So that is why this will be slightly different than the usual format. So Got it. Here are, the, are some cases of women who have gone missing. African-American. Kiara Coles was a 26-year-old African-American woman. She was born on September 24th, 1992, according to the source that I had contacted, who has spoken to both of her mother and father several times. Kiera was loved deeply by her family. <clears throat> she lived in the south side of Chicago, and she was slowly checking off things on her long-term plan for life. She had just gotten a job, I think it was in April of 2017, with the Postal Service at the Charles Hay Post of- uh, Hayes Post Office in Chicago. She was a part-time employee and did not have a regular route from what I can see, so she basically just kind of filled in wherever needed if you know, somebody was out sick or whatever. So right. she had just purchased a new car and had just moved into a new apartment. All things that she had just dreamed of doing on her own. She had a longtime boyfriend 
and she was three months pregnant with his child. Oh. By all accounts, she was very excited about the pregnancy and could not wait to become a mom. As a matter of fact, during the last conversation that Kira had with her mother, Karen Phillips, Kira was asking her mother about what was the best kind of milk to use once the baby was born. So this was their last conversation. And Karen says that they spoke every day. And if they missed a day, it would only be one day. They would never go two, three, four days without speaking. So... When Karen hadn't heard from Kiera and her calls, her calls to her were going straight to voicemail, she reported her missing on October 4th, 2018. Police went out for a welfare check and discovered her, her apartment was empty. Her car was parked across the street, and inside of the car was her purse, cell phone, and a lunch bag in the car. Some reports even say that there was an actual like lunch ready to go in it, but oh. no. Random things. Person, cell phone, though. Never good. No. No. You don't leave. We don't leave those. Nope. Mm -mm. Never. On October 2nd, a neighbor's surveillance camera shows a woman in a postal uniform walking past Kiara's car, and they went across the street before disappearing out of the frame. Um, So it was basically assumed that that was the last point at which she had been seen was October 2nd. Um. However, her parents or family has denied that this is Kira at all, but I'm not really sure that that has ever been officially stated by police or anything. They don't believe it's her, that it just happened to be another person, a woman in a postal uniform. I don't really know how I feel about that because what are the chances? Because it wasn't another – like it wasn't the – male person for that neighborhood delivering mail this person was like literally just like walking down the street so what are the chances that it would be somebody else i don't know but true well could be they they clearly they know what she looks like i wouldn't know what she looked like on a surveillance a blurry surveillance (laughs) camera so clearly maybe they they see that it's not her i don't know so but However, on October 2nd, it was reported that she called in and asked for leave that day. No reasons were given by the post office because they say, like, privacy matters. But it's known that she called in for a leave that day. So she shouldn't have even been in her uniform because she wasn't technically supposed to be going to work. What do you mean a leave? Like, I can't come in for several weeks? I mean, that's if you're calling in to work that day, that's very different than a leave. Right. That's that's how I felt because that's how I know. Like a leave to me is a, you know, a leave of absence. That amount of, yes. Maybe it's just a term that the post office uses for a sick day. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. And it didn't say that she asked for any other days, but they haven't said that she didn't. They just know, we just know that she didn't, she called in that day for sure, for that day. And as far as we know, only that day. So the fact like, that she was looking like she was going to work with her uniform on is a little bit confusing. But according to that same source that I spoke to, her boyfriend, Josh Simmons, was interviewed somewhat and that there were some searches done, but nothing has ever come up. I've seen a lot of articles where her mother, Karen, is enraged that he hasn't been questioned. So I'm not really sure how thoroughly he was looked into. The other source said that he was interviewed somewhat in quotes, like somewhat. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Like 
just spoken to briefly or actually pulled in for an interview. I don't think that he was actually pulled in for an interview. That's my opinion on it. Law enforcement has also come out to say that they believe she was a victim of foul play because the way she just because of the way she just dropped off the radar, like just vanished, left everything. So must be foul play is what they're saying. But they haven't really shared much information with family or the press. And we assume it's because it might jeopardize the case. However, at this point, the case is suspended because they haven't had any new leads. So they suspended it. Um, the person I spoke to said it's cold. I don't know if that's the same thing, yeah. being suspended and cold. Could be. Just be a different word. But anyway, so they're not work- currently working on it. Family and friends believe that Josh had something to do with her disappearance. I mean, oh, it's always the first person that is looked at is the boyfriend or the husband For or whatever. Sure. And also pregnancy is the number one um, cause of death in a pregnant person is murder. Oh. Like it is a huge risk factor to be pregnant because lots of boyfriends and husbands and lovers and whatever will go after their pregnant lady. That is interesting because there mm-hmm. are also some very interesting facts about him that may <laughs> that may pique your interest on that one. But Kiera and he had been in a long-time relationship. I've seen anywhere between five and seven years. Somebody said it was five years. Somebody said six to seven. I don't know. Either way, it was a decent amount of time. And he also worked for the post office with Kiera. However, he has had, he has another girlfriend. And by some sources, this person is labeled his wife. I don't know if. Oh, my. Chicago has common law, but like, you know, Florida had common law marriage. So like my friend had a boyfriend, but it was really her husband because they had lived together for a certain amount of time. So like. Right. Anyways, I don't know. I, but anyway, some say it was boyfriend or girlfriend. Some say wife. And her name is Kiara. <laughs> so of course. That's not Kiara confusing, Josh. Was spelled, yeah, no. <laughs> but it leaves him open. He can just accidentally say anybody's name, right? Um, Kiara was, her name is spelled K-I-E-R-R-A. And the wife slash girlfriend is K-I-A-R-A. So I don't, I I feel like there's difference in maybe pronunciation, but there might not be. Anyway, so I've been saying Kiara. made easy. Yeah. And Kiara. Can I have two of those, please? (laughs) Two Ks. (laughs) And they also, those two, Kiara and Josh, also have children together. And it has been stated (gasps) that Kiara was also pregnant with another child at the same time as Kiara. And they had no idea about each other? I don't know. That but I now don't know. they do? That's, I honestly have no idea. Because th- I'm saying there's not a whole lot of information. So I really don't know. But pretty soon after Kiera went missing, he and his wife slash girlfriend and the children that they have moved south out of the state of Illinois. Just left. So. And they didn't question him thoroughly? No. Not and, and that's like anything that I went like you know, web sleuths or whatever, like, you know, uh, discussion forums. It's like that's what like people are pissed that like they let him leave and didn't really get a good interview out of him. And some other people have stated that he never even attended any of the vigils for Kiera. 
key key era. So he's pretty wow. high on the suspect list for me. Uh-huh. Actually, he's the only one on the list for me. <laughs> There's nobody else. So wow. Cuz that's pretty much all there is on the case and it's just super strange for her to just disappear in thin air like that. Not that we haven't seen it, but um I don't know. It's just it's strange that she disappears out of thin air, like into thin air, and then he moves, ups and moves, and like almost doesn't care that it has happened. a double and life. He, yeah, has a double life. Two people pregnant. Anyway, her parents remain active in trying to keep her case alive and in people's faces. They hold vigils. They talk to the press because it's been two years. They, yeah, well, yeah, two years. And I, her birthday was on the 24th of September, so they held a vigil and, you know, there was some press coverage. Not a whole lot, though. Her father, who lived in Wisconsin at the time that um, she disappeared, actually left his home so he could basically look for her full time. So that's what he does. I hope one day that her family will get some answers and that they can bring her and their gr- grandchild home. But as we know, the further out it gets, the less likely that that's what's going to happen. And they've never found a body. They have no sign of her whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. She is five foot four, 125 pounds. She has a tattoo of a heart on her left hand, the phrase lucky Libra on her back, a Jaguar's head on her shoulder, the words love my in a design on her chest and words on her wrists, words of some sort on her wrist. They weren't um, specific about it. So if anyone has any information about Kiera Coles, contact the Chicago Police Department area's so- South Special Victims Unit. I can say the number, but I don't think anybody really listens to that. 312-747-8274 or the U.S. Postal Inspection Services, which incidentally has been very active in trying to find her and even offered a $25,000 reward for information that leads to finding her. Wow. Yeah. You know what this is making me think of too is um, the Kanika Jenkins case mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she was also in Chicago and there was no, I mean, she, they did end up finding her, but there was, they didn't take him seriously. There was barely any type of investigation. It's still unsolved. She mm-hmm. probably would have lived had they taken people seriously and gone and looked for her. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And it was so. Chicago too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. So that's Kiera's story. And after the break, we will hear about another missing woman. Dun dun dun. <laughs> okay. So, you ready for the next one? <laughs> I don't know. So we're going to go back to 2014 for this one. And 19-year-old Jasmine Moody is a freshman at Texas Women's University, which is in Denton, Texas. And that's not far, but northwest of Dallas. She was originally from Arkansas, but at some point moved and, and graduated high school from O.D. Wyatt High School in Fort Worth, Texas. So ended up moving from Arkansas to Texas. And according to family, Jasmine was well-liked, had a lot of friends, and she lit up every room. That's how her, I think it was her stepdad that described her that way. She knew she wanted to be a nurse at the age of 16, and she was even training to be part of the U.S. Armed Forces through the ROTC program. 
She was in, yeah, very cool. She was in her first semester and by all accounts seemed to be, everything seemed to be going great. She was making friends in on campus, off campus. She was, you know, living the life through Twitter. She had met, which I didn't even realize uh, I act like 2014 was so long ago. I'm like, Twitter was there. (laughs) Twitter's been around forever. (laughs) I just don't use it. So I, no clue, but <laughs> yeah, we're I didn't real bad at Twitter yeah, for all those people terrible. who follow us on it. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Through Twitter, she met a girl named Brittany Gurley who lived outside of Detroit, Michigan. And according to Brittany, they had been in a relationship for two years. However, I only saw that in one source, but it came from her mouth apparently because it was in quotes. Because all the other sources said that they. Uh, that, you know, that reported on it just after her disappearance said that they had only known each other for a few months. But I don't know, maybe later on it came out that they were in a longer relationship than anybody knew. So Brittany has stated that they've been in a relationship for two years. From what I can tell, Brittany was a few years older than Jasmine. And when Jasmine went missing, her mother, Lisa, said that Brittany and Jasmine were in a platonic relationship, but that it was complicated. But police and everybody else from the beginning, didn't believe that. They just, oh, everybody thought it was a romantic relationship. So either way, when she had Thanksgiving break, Jasmine flew up to Detroit on November 25th, 2014 to spend time with Brittany. Several days. Was this the first time they had ever met each other in person? That I don't know. Because again, this is another case that doesn't have a whole lot of background information. All I was able to see was that they met, which... It did make it seem like it was the first time in most um, articles because they said it was only a few months after they had met. Okay. The only thing that made me question whether it was was when I saw the one quote from her saying they were in a relationship for two years. So I want to go with yes, that was the first time they met, but I, I honestly don't know. Several days after that, according to Brittany and authorities, the two of them had gotten into an argument over Jasmine's Facebook page and some of the posts that she had made. Um, authorities were told that Jasmine put on a hoodie, walked out of the house, and after about 15 minutes, Brittany and her family went out to look for her but couldn't find her, so they called the police to report her missing because clearly she's in an area that she doesn't know very well and you mm-hmm. know she's mad or whatever. Detectives working the case found her cell phone, ID, jacket, purse, and all her personal belongings inside Brittany's house, which, not to be surprised, I mean, she flew up there. She's, you know, she's visiting. All of her stuff would be there. However, the cell phone. I mean, (laughs) again, (laughs) you don't leave the house without your cell phone. She's also still technically a teenager. Teenagers don't freaking leave anywhere without their cell phone, trust me. (laughs) As we just discussed, yes. Going on. Um. So, and plus, especially like I wouldn't, even, even as an adult, if I was visiting somebody in an area that I wasn't familiar with, I wouldn't walk out without, I mean, my phone is like how I would find my way back probably. Oh, let me map myself to her house if I right, got lost. Absolutely. Anyway, or call. I don't know where I am. Can you come get me? Yeah. Anyway. The or other you reason. you even call somebody else because you just got in a fight with your girlfriend. Exactly. You, you know, and you're a teenager. So obviously you're going to want to tell somebody. That's right. That's what we do. Friend, mom, if you're close to them, dad, yeah. you know, somebody, somebody. We don't suffer in silence. Mm-mm. No, no. <laughs> no. 
So the other thing that was strange with um, this is that she left in just her hoodie. And in Detroit at this time, the wind chill was probably below zero that night. So for her to not dress for that kind of weather as she left would be strange, especially being, I mean, she lives in Texas. Like she must've been freaking freezing. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Like, anyway. So police searched the area surrounding the house, but never found any evidence of where she went off to. Her mom and stepdad hired a private investigator after about nine months. Whoa. And he conduct- yeah. Yes. I have more <clears throat> questions about this investigation. All of a sudden it's nine months later now. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Did they bring he dogs? Con- That's what I was going to ask. He conducted numerous searches with cadaver dogs and conducted n- interviews, and they never, ever uncovered any legitimate solid lead to go on. So, but Jasmine, it's nine months later. But it's nine months later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, lack of investigation when it when it happened in those crucial hours <laughs> surrounding when it happened but jasmine is five foot five with black hair and brown eyes and and is 130 pounds she was last seen wearing a white university of texas hoodie blue jeans and brown boots if you have any information about jasmine's disappearance call the detroit police department at 313-596-5156 and i'll put all those numbers in our show notes too and crime stoppers is offering a reward twenty five hundred dollar reward for any leads too so Quick, that was a quick one because, again, there was, like, hardly anything out there on there. And I really could have done an episode with just, like, many more of these stories that are just like these two cases. African-American women that just go missing and disappear into thin air. Lots of speculation on how these cases get handled. And I'm sure either side could make a case, but I believe they aren't high, high profile in the media. Also, there seems to be a lack of investigation in most of the cases. Family members of the people of color that go missing often feel like, and I'm taking this quote from an article I read, stereotyped as being involved in some type of criminal activity or that the life that's lived in that particular community or neighborhood, or that is the life that's lived in that particular community or neighborhood, so their lives are just not valued. <gasps> and like bad that Henry's comes... victims. Yes. Remember exactly. him, the serial killer, yeah. Bad Henry, when they never even were like, maybe it's one person killing all of these same people of the exact same race within five miles. Hmm. Right. <laughs> I have a connection to one person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Just exactly. don't investigate it. So although th- that is the opinion of the family members of these cases, let's look at some data. More than 600,000 Americans went missing. Sorry, I have to turn my page. In 2018, according to the FBI data, and a wow. third of those were black. Huh. People. Not necessarily women, just black people. Despite the, this, the black population only making up 13% of the total U.S. population. So a third of the missing people are Oh, my gosh. African-American. So 200,000. Mm-hmm. That would be 200,000 people yes a year and exactly and according to the national crime information center which is also in the fbi database in 2019 609,275 people went missing of those were 205,802 were african-american which is 33 percent of all people going missing and it pretty much aligns with the 2018 data 
So we're not, it's not like we're, we're, we're trending here. Yeah. And only about one fifth of these cases receive media coverage, according to an analysis published in the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology. I tried to read that. It was hard. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a study and like it was it was well, like maybe if I had a couple weeks to like sift through like how they word things, like it's very cerebral. And, <laughs> yeah. I was not not in that frame of mind. But that is one of the statistics pulled. And according to an article that I read where an analysis was done on missing person cases and media coverage, they receive a few points stuck out to me. And there was it was what they did was they went through I don't remember how many cases. I only pulled a few, but it was like basically comparing two different cases here. I'll go, I'm just going to get into it. So Decreon Reed Cruz, who's African-American, over the course of six months, his case was covered 10 times. A month after he went missing, Andreas Robbins went missing, and he was the son of a Columbia professor. His um, case was covered 30 times over a three-month span in the media. So three times as much. Mm -hmm. Carol Nee who went missing in December of 2013, white woman, was covered 17 times over a year. And Sharon Simpkins, who went missing in March of 2013, was covered once. Oh, wow. One time. Mara, and, and these are in like newspapers. It was mentioned that, yeah, you know, like they're mentioned on like Facebook pages and whatever, but all of them were mentioned on these like Facebook pages. But... Mara Gorilek was covered nine times the day of her disappearance in February of 2012, and she was a white woman. And Natoya Stevens went missing in July of 2012 and was covered 12 times over two months. So nine times in one day, a story was written on this one woman, and this lady only got 12 stories in two months. Mm-hmm. So all these people who have gone missing, and I'm not saying that any one is more important Then the other, everybody has a loved one that misses them and wants them found, and they should all be a priority to be found. But I have to agree that there is a huge inequality going on here, and I know we're all aware (laughs) of that in other areas of our world these days. But as I was researching for this week, this is where it led me, and I just felt compelled to say something about that. And yeah. I mean, even in the cases we've covered, like it's reminding me of three cases specifically that you and I have covered, Lynn and Lacey. Yep. All the bad Henry victims, which there's like 11 and Kanika Jenkins, like, Mm -hmm. and then these two sweet women. I mean, yeah, definitely trending. Yes. So I, anyway, that's, it went, it went. It went in a totally different direction than normal, but that's how, that's how rabbit holes do you. Yeah. Yes. So, well, thank you you for telling their stories. I think that I cannot imagine missing a loved one and fighting tirelessly to find them and being so alone and then never Mm -hmm. having answers. I literally cannot imagine that. Mm Mm-mm. No. It's so bad. I don't even want to try. Mm-mm. 
So our hearts definitely go out to all of the families that have experienced this. Mm -hmm. Apparently there's 200,000 of you. (laughs) For the last two years. I don't have, there wasn't any 2020 data yet. I tried to find it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can't we all go missing in 2020? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm curious to know though, of those cases, like you said, there's 600,000 people that went missing how many of them did they find? Or are those 600,000 people that went missing that are still missing? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't even delve into that. Like, Yeah. I'm just curious. Clearly, yeah. Well, thank you that for that there. rabbit hole. You go no back problem. to me on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I liked this. I thought it was very neat to do the couple stories in one, especially when they are so tied together as far as like relevancy. I think that's mm-hmm. a, that was a neat little twist. I dug it. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I was stressing her out to get this done. Like, I was. She was putting was stress on herself actually, but it's good. You did it. You did a good job. Lots of research there. It sounds like. So thank you for the stories, the bedtime stories. Thank you guys for listening and joining us. We are happy to be on the other side of 2020, but mm. we're still going to need you to tough this out with us because <laughs> I don't think we're there. I don't even see the light. Do you? I don't know. Mm, just not yeah. We're, we're in the tunnel still. So we're in the rabbit hole. So we're glad to be stuck in here with you. So come find us on our social media rabbit holes and connect with us and see pictures that we post of all of these people that we talk about and let us know what you think. We're on all the things. So come find us and always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet. I'm not going to